Welcome to the Hockey Fix Podcast. My name is Connor David. So glad you're tuning in with us today. It is such a good time to be a sports fan. These next few weeks and the past few weeks, the best time in the world to be a sports fan. We've got the the playoffs for the uh, Major League Baseball starting to to flow right now. The first week or two of hockey season started, uh, week five and week six, respectively, for the NFL and NCAA football. Best time of year. NBA starting up. Got some preseason action going on. Uh, so if you're a sports fan, this is the time of year for you. So we're going to jump right in it. Um, as I stated before uh, in a previous podcast, you know this is going to focus on hockey. And now that the hockey season has started, that's mostly what we're going to talk about. We'll hit a few other things, go around the world of sports, just to keep you updated on what's going on and bring it right back to hockey. Uh, so first and foremost, let's get into it here, going around the world of sports, just kind of quickly here because got a lot going on today. Uh, a couple big upsets, three of them actually in college football this this week. Um, number 24 NC State takes down Lamar Jackson and number 17 Louisville, 39 to 25. NC State's really come on as of as of late. I, I at the beginning of the year did not think that they were going to to be um, a force to be reckoned with or be up there in the top 25 this year. Uh, they've proved me wrong there, and um, they're actually playing some really good football. They haven't had a whole lot of tests yet, um, but we'll see in the coming weeks uh, how well they're actually going to do this year. But uh, knocking off Louisville and Lamar Jackson is definitely a tall tall order for them anyways. Uh, then one of the, the biggest upsets of the weekend, Iowa State takes down number three, Oklahoma. And then again, Michigan State beats number seven, Michigan. And that monsoon rainstorm that they had, um, you know, I heard a lot about Michigan this year and how their defense is just, you know, so stout and that they're, you know, uh, one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, to see them lose to Michigan State was uh, was kind of sad to see. When the Harbaugh era there in Michigan, um, you thought that stuff like this wasn't going to happen. But in rivalry games, uh, Harbaugh has not looked good. So um, it's definitely something to look at. Uh, the big thing I'm looking at is, you know, where does this kind of leave us uh, looking at the – uh, the final four or whatever you want to call that, the uh, the playoff picture. Because once Oklahoma beat Ohio State, it gave us this better look of the uh, the Big 12. And now that Oklahoma has lost to, to Iowa State, do we count that, you know, that loss or that, that win against Ohio State that brought that conference up a little bit? Uh, do we look at someone like the Pac-12 who really doesn't have an, an outstanding team? You know, we all thought it was going to be USC, but they have a loss now. Is it Washington? Is it Washington State? Is TCU from the Big 12 going to be there or Penn State from the Big 10? Um, just throws a lot of more questions in there when you have a team like uh, like like this lose, especially, you know, Michigan. We, we didn't think that they were going to be in the Final Four. At least most people didn't. Uh, but Oklahoma definitely was making a case for themselves at the beginning of the year, and that seems like that's gone to the wayside. But there again, we're looking at just one loss right now, so it's not time to panic yet. If you're a Sooner fan, don't panic yet. Uh, same thing with Michigan. But Michigan, I know they've got to play Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, it's not going to look good for them. Uh, I doubt that they are, they're going to be able to beat um, all of those teams. So a lot of stuff going on in college football, a lot of cool things happening, man. All right, so on to the NFL. Um, a couple of uh, <clears throat> top scores there. The Panthers over the Lions, 27-24. Um, we got the two no-win teams, the Chargers and the Giants. Uh, the Chargers uh, beat out the Giants 27-22. The Giants are now 0-5, uh, looking like a team just that is lost, uh, like they can't do anything right. Um, the Jaguars over the Steelers 30-9. Big Ben with five interceptions on the day. Uh, I think that's his worst record ever. Uh, it was a it was a poor game by Pittsburgh all the way around. 
there's no doubt about it. They they did not play well. They looked off the entire game, and they have most of this season, and I'm not sure what that's about. I've heard rumors about, you know, maybe it's because Big Ben talked about you know, retiring, Antonio Brown's been distracted, Le'Veon Bell didn't come to, to camp. I, there's a lot of things going on, and uh, they need to, if they're going to do anything this year, they need to get back to Steeler football. Uh, that's you know keeping everything out of the the eye of the public, doing it on the football field. That's one thing that they've always done and done a good job of it. And if they're to uh, to get back this year, that's what they're going to have to do. Um, then the Packers, another come from behind win to beat the Cowboys. I mean, it was it was definitely reminiscent of last year's playoff game where they come back with that crazy touchdown pass at the end of the game to to win over the Cowboys. Looked a lot like it, and Aaron Rodgers just uh. <laughs> It's just incredible, man. This guy just does does everything. Um, and then one of the things that uh, it kills me every time. So uh, I've talked before about how I, in my opinion, I'm a pretty good uh, fantasy hockey player. So I do a good job playing fantasy hockey. I know it's not, you know, it's one of those things. I'm good at it. I do a good job with it. I'm, I'm able to pick the teams or pick the players to put together a good team. I always finish, you know, in the top of, of every league that I'm in. Well, the flip side of that, I've been playing fantasy football for the last couple of years. I am horrible at fantasy football. And to show you, I picked up Deshaun Watson in two out of the three leagues that I'm doing. Uh, I think I picked him up two weeks ago just to have an extra quarterback. I knew some buys were coming up. Heard some good things, saw some good things from him. Always liked him uh, when he was with Clemson. And daggone it, if I started Carson Wentz and somebody else on my other team over Deshaun Watson, and he has five TDs against the Chiefs, uh, Chiefs win 42-34, but Deshaun Watson with five TDs and had an absorbent amount of points for fantasy-wise. And what do I do? I didn't have him dressed. So just my luck. You know, I just I don't do well with fantasy football. So if we want to talk fantasy hockey, I, I'm there. But fantasy football, not not so much yet. I'm still trying to learn. I'm not, not up on it as well as I'd like to be yet. So, all right. So let's move on into uh, to some Major League Baseball. Lots of action going on in baseball. Um, Houston closed out their series, so they're moving on from the uh, from the AL. Uh, Dodgers close out theirs as well. They're moving on from the NL. We've got the Cubs leading the Nationals two games to one. They got a game tonight, which is Tuesday, uh, to see if the Cubs are going to move on or the Nationals are going to tie it up 2-2. Uh, exciting game uh, last night. Indians-Yankees are now tied 2-2. Uh, next game on Wednesday, winner take all. Whoever wins this game is going um, you know, you got a lot of Yankees fans out there that are, you know, getting down on their uh, on uh, Joe Girardi for some of the calls that he made or the call that he made in the uh, I think it was last Friday night's game. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, in my opinion, the Yankees are a year early. They they shouldn't be um, moving this far in the playoffs this year. And the Indians have been so good. I, I just I can't imagine them losing and not being in it, um, you know, any further this uh, this year. But we'll, we'll see. Anything can happen in one game, as everybody knows. So uh, when we're looking at, you know, these the Indians versus the Yankees in this one last game, winner take all, we'll see what happens. The one thing that really just gets me crazy is this Washington it just seems like they cannot get past the, the playoff, like the first, second round of the playoffs. They just can't do anything with it. Uh, they get into the playoffs. They look really good. They play really well, and then they do nothing. It's like it's the curse of Washington sports. It, it, it's unfortunate. So um, I'm hoping the Nats will do something. But they're playing the Cubs, and the Cubs are really relaxed. I mean, you look at these uh, these guys out there, and they they look like they just are so relaxed, so in tune. And you've got a, a pitcher last night in Strasburg who throws a, a 
I think a one hitter. He had a no hitter going into I think it was the seventh inning, and he's just firing up. He lets one hit in. They pull him. He's just pacing around on the bench like, you know, what's going on, what's going on? And they end up losing that game. Uh, and They lost the game for Scherzer and Strasburg, both pitched gems of games, and they lose. And it just it doesn't make any sense. So hope they can they can do something there. Um, you know, as most of you know, I'm a Washington fan. Uh, I watch Washington football, Washington basketball, Washington hockey, Washington baseball. It's, it's all D.C. sports for me. Um, so I'm not as big of a... a major league baseball fan as I used to be uh, it was my favorite sport growing up but uh, I've kind of lost it a little bit over the years so um, I do love the playoffs so there's nothing like uh, watching um, baseball playoffs it, it's exciting even the games that are one to two they they are exciting all right so let's get right into it let's go who's hot and who's not we're going to talk about some teams we're going to talk about some some players themselves in the NHL who's doing it who's not so let's get into it <clears throat> excuse me Who's doing it? Alex Ovechkin, seven goals on the year, leading the NHL right now. And honestly, he had the game last night, didn't have any goals, any points. Um, so he's got, he's got seven goals overall, but those came from the first two games. He had a hat trick in the first one, four goals in the second one. This guy's on fire right now and looking great. Evgeny Kuznetsov, his line mate, eight points on the year. I want to say all of those are assists. I'm not positive on that. I didn't, I didn't look at that, but I'm pretty sure they are. Uh, Jonathan Taze with a plus seven leading the NHL um, and plus minus. Uh, and then Braden Point has seven points. Uh, Brandon Saad with six points. Saad is one of those stories where, um, you know, going back to Chicago, I wasn't sure how he was going to do. Uh, There's a lot of talk about, you know, why are you going to trade? Oh, man, I, I'm totally blanking on the kid's name. Why are you going to trade him uh, for Brandon Saad? But Saad has brought something back to the Chicago uh, lineup and putting him back and Patrick Sharp back, it looks like they're building something good that they had previously. And maybe they're looking at that and saying, hey, you know what, maybe if we put some things back together like we had when we made our cup runs and we won a couple of cups uh, and every other year they won, I think, you know, they won one year, they lost, they won the next year, uh, maybe we could do something. So um, we'll see how that goes, but uh, definitely looking up for them. A team that's hot right now, the, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs, you got Austin Matthews, William Nylander, and uh, Nikita Zaitsev. Uh, Matthews is a plus five, Nylander a plus six, Zaitsev a plus six. Um, and then the Chicago Blackhawks, Taze a plus seven, uh, Ruda a plus seven, Sada a plus six, Panic a plus six, and Schmoltz a plus five. So out of those two teams, the Maple Leafs and the Blackhawks, they have eight out of the top 10 plus minus leaders in the league right now. So eight out of 10 right from these two teams. Now we go back and we look at a couple of their games that they played and the Maple Leafs has uh, specifically had a lot of, you know, I think one of their games was 10 to one or something like that. I think the Blackhawks had one that was, uh, that was up there as well. So that does do a lot for it, but this shows that they're scoring, but they're not just, you know, not just scoring. They're, they're not scoring on the power play. They're scoring even strength and they're not giving up a whole ton of goals, uh, even strength as well, especially these particular players. So when we look at this, this is a definitely a good stat to look at when we're talking plus minus. Um, I said it earlier in the uh, in the preseason that I didn't think the uh, I thought the Leafs were going to take a step back in Austin Matthews and William Nylander and Zaitsev's sophomore campaign being this year. It doesn't look like that's happening. It looks like they're going to prove me wrong uh, right out of the gate. They are looking really, really special right now. Um, you know, last night they played um, a, a tough game against the Chicago Blackhawks of all teams that we were just talking about. They played each other, and usually the Chicago Blackhawks 
they get you down, and then they they play this type of, of press game um, where they are just basically they they kill you in the in the blue in the middle of the blue lines. They don't let you get through. They let you get nothing going. Uh, they stop you before you get started. And this team in the Maple Leafs is so fast and so dynamic. They couldn't be stopped. Now we know that the, the Blackhawks have some new guys on the on the blue line things like that, so people that are trying to get in. So that could have something to do with it, but that doesn't mean you still got Jonathan Taze, Brendan Saad, Patrick Kane, Patrick Sharp. I mean, you've got a lot of good players on this team, not to mention Duncan Keith and Brett Seabrook. All of these are great players, like at least good players. And for uh, Toronto to be able to come out and uh, come back in this game and win uh, was definitely exciting. Uh, there's there's no two ways about it. Um, it, was, it was definitely a, a great game to watch. Um, so anyways, uh, <clears throat> moving right along, was that the game that I was talking about? It's gotta be, I know that it was, let's see, Blackhawks, Pins, Blue Jackets, yeah, and then lost 4-3 in overtime, okay, I had myself scared there, I was like, did I really see that, or did I not, what am I talking about, <laughs> all right, on to some hot goalies right now, so we've got Jonathan Quick, he leads in, uh, goals against at .5, and save percentage at .983, and uh, one shutout. We got Mark Andre Fleury right on his heels at second, um, and his GAA is nine six, and his save percentage nine point seven three. I tell you, Jonathan Quick, we knew is he's good. He's always been good. Um, coming off of uh, last year, had that injury, came back towards the end of the year. Kings didn't have a really good year. They're looking better now. And I, I always thought that you know Quick is going to come back. He's going to make it. He's going to be fine. But to see Mark Andre Fleury go into um, into Vegas and do the things that he's been doing in net is very very impressive. Uh, you've got a brand new team, brand new structure. Everything there is brand new, and the chemistry uh, between him and his defenders. Uh, he's kept them in all of these games, and they're two and zero I think right now. But he's he's the reason that they're two and zero. He's the reason they're undefeated. He's the reason why people are looking at them like, wow, you know, George McPhee is a genius for putting this team together. He is the reason why all of that's going on. So kudos to Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, he really is uh, stepping his game up. And you know, the thing about Fleury has always been is he's been a great goaltender, but has struggled some in the playoffs and struggled some here, or he gets hurt here and there. Um, you know. Unfortunately, Matt Murray came up behind him in uh, in Pittsburgh and kind of pushed him out and, and left him, you know, available for uh, for Vegas to take. But uh, I definitely thought that uh, always thought that he was a great goaltender. All right, so we got Jake Allen as well as for goaltending. He's hot, three wins, no losses. Frederick Anderson for Toronto, three wins as well, no losses. Uh, so those are our hot goaltenders. All right, so let's talk about some more teams. Uh, the Red Wings are undefeated right now. They've only had two games. They got wins over the Wild and the Senators, so they're looking hot right now. The Devils, 2-0-0 with wins over the Avalanche and the Sabres. they got the Caps, 2-0-1 uh, with a, a shootout win over the Sens, a 6-1 win over the Habs, and then they lost last night to the, the Bolts in overtime, 4-3. Um, they got the Leafs, 3-0-0. Uh, a 7-2 win over the Jets, an 8-5 win over the Rangers, and then the 4-3 win over the Blackhawks. You got the Blues, or 3-0. Uh, they've got the win over the 5-4 overtime win over the Pens, uh, the 4-2 win over the Stars, and the 3-2 win over the Islanders. Uh, the Blackhawks, we talked a little bit about them. They're 2-0-1. Uh, the 10-1 win over the Pens. What a score. 10-1 on the reigning Stanley Cup champion Pittsburgh Penguins. One goal they scored and let in 10. <sighs> That's crazy. 5-1 to one over the Blue Jackets, who's not a, a bad team there at all. And then that loss last night to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to the um, 
the Maple Leafs, uh, which we've already seen is, is, is a really good team right now. I've got the Kings 2-0-0 uh, win, a 2-0 win over the Flyers, a 4-1 win over the Sharks. Vegas 2-0-0, a 2-1 win over the Stars, and an overtime win, a 2-1 over the Coyotes as well. All right, so those are our hot teams. Those are the teams that are, are really doing some stuff good right now, really looking good. These are our not. We've got the Sharks, 0 points, 0-2-0. The Coyotes, 0-1-1 with 1 point. Oilers, which is a surprise. We thought the Oilers were going to be uh, the you know the top of the Pacific Division this year, and you know it's early. They've only had two games, but starting out one, two, and zero, oh, only two points so far. The Predators, another disappointment. O oh, two and zero, oh, zero points. The Stars, O oh, two and zero, oh, no points yet. Um, those two teams, in my opinion, I thought they were going to be towards the top in the West. Um, I actually had the Stars picked as the uh, the Stanley Cup champion. I don't think that that's going to happen. I'm, I went based off of what I was looking at and who was going up against two. I really don't think – I don't see the Stars making uh, winning the Stanley Cup this year. I think they've got a good enough team to do so, and on paper I think they really have a chance of doing it. They just aren't putting it together. They've got some uh, – some, I don't want to say bad defenders, but some young defenders, some, some people that need – uh, some polishing. They need some more there, but um, they've got to do something uh, and get this going. I know Ben Bishop took a, I think it was a concussion there in the first game, the end of the first game, and then he was out the, uh, the. Uh, I know he was out the last game, and hopefully they said he was going to start uh, in the coming game, uh, but they've only had the two so far, so I think they actually play tonight, so we'll see how Bishop does, and in my opinion, I thought putting Bishop back on the, on the uh, in the goaltending was going to really sure up their defense as well, having a good solid figure back there. Because we know Lettinen just lets stuff in like a sieve. He always has. He's just he's not at the at the point where he should be a starting goaltender um, for you know 60 games a year, 50 games a year. It's just he just shouldn't be, um, not even close. So, <clears throat> all right, moving on. Uh, Wild 0-1 and 1, only one point. Sabers 0-2 and 1, one point. The Habs 1-2 and 0, two points. The Sins 0-0-2 with two points. The Rangers 1-2-0 with two points. And the Blue Jackets 1-1-0 with only two points. It's a lot of surprises in there. A lot of teams that, uh, you know, I'm predicting to do better. And, you know, like I said, I mean, most of these teams at the max have had three games. Some of them only two games. But right now, that's all we've got to work with. So that's what we're going to talk about. These teams are not looking good. And there again, some of these teams actually have looked better. Than their, than their record shows. So, for instance, the Oilers at 1-2-0, and they actually didn't look bad when I saw them play last night. They actually looked like a, a team that was that was going to be doing some good things. Uh, they had some fluky goals happen and some things didn't go their way, and boom, they're 1-2-0. You know, um, all right, so on to some, some goalies that aren't doing it right now. They are not hot. Carey Price at 1-2-0. Cam Talbot, 1-2-0. Steve Mason, 0-2-0. Steve Mason is not a starting goaltender in this league anymore. Um, I believe he's playing for the Jets now. And uh, I know that, uh, I think it was last night. Actually, yes, it was last night. They were playing, the Jets were playing um, Edmonton. And they had Connor Hellebuck in net. And I'm not saying that he's the answer, but he's the answer right now. Um, if I was them, I wouldn't put um, Steve Mason back in a starting, starting role right now. I'd put him as my backup. 
and I'd try and move forward Connor Hellebuck and see how he does. And if that doesn't work out, you know what I would do? I would go out and pick up one of these backup goaltenders that's really doing some stuff and, and is playing lights out, and I'd make him my number one goaltender because Steve Mason I just don't think has it anymore. And I don't like to pick on Steve Mason, but he has just not played up to level. We saw him play like this in, in Philadelphia the last couple of seasons where he's hot and cold, hot and cold. I tell you, though, when he's hot, He's up there with the best in the league. But we saw this. We've seen this several times from lots of different – we saw – what was the guy's name? They called him the Hamburglar in Ottawa, man. He came in and he couldn't be stopped. I mean, nobody could get a shot past this guy, and then he falls back to earth. And that's just what happened. We see goalies go through these cycles. But we've seen Steve Mason time and time again have have, uh, stretches like this. And so when you do that so many times, it kind of pegs you as that's who you are and what you do. All right, so then we have Martin Jones, uh, San Jose. This is not who he is. He's not this 0-2 start guy. Um, so I look to see him back, uh, bounce back some. And then, like I talked about before, Kerry Lednan, 0-2-0. No surprise there. Uh, if he's in net, you can look for the Dallas Stars to probably not do very well. All right, so let's talk about some players who are not hot right now. Uh, Sam Reinhardt of Buffalo, minus 6. Kyle Opozo of Buffalo as well, minus 6. Uh, Brett Burns, San Jose Sharks, minus five. Now, Brett Burns is not—he doesn't always have a great plus-minus, but what he always has is um, a ton of ice time, a ton of hits, a ton of shots, and he usually has a lot of goals and several assists as well. Now, I know a lot of his goals and assists do come on the power play, but he does get some—excuse uh, um, <clears throat> me—some five-on-five goals and five-on-five assists. He's really going to have to do something to dig out of this uh, negative five hole he's he's got so far. Uh, Pittsburgh, Chris Letang, minus five. And uh, Pittsburgh, Connor Sherry, minus four. Looking at that, there's a lot of negative players. And I just got the top, I think, five of them. Uh, and there were several that were min- uh, minus four points. I didn't list them all, but um, you get the picture here. So um, definitely uh, a lot of hot things going on, a lot of bad things going on. Uh, it's just kind of how it is right now. Um, we still got, you know, lots of hockey to play. So, you know, I might look at this list next week and, you know, someone like Carey Price, who I, he we know he's a great goaltender. Excuse me, he might have, you know, three wins this week and he, he changes that to, you know, to four and two instead of one and two uh, and, you know, makes me eat my words. But right now, that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm going with. And let's move on. All right. So we're going to talk about the three stars of the week. Your number one star last week, Alex Ovechkin, seven goals. First player in 100 years to have back-to-back hat tricks in the opening two games of the season. So the first guy in 100 years to have hat tricks in those first two games. And it was a beautiful sight to see. The first game, he had the hat trick in the third period. Like, he didn't score a goal until the third period. Then he scored three goals in the third period. And then the second game, um, I want to say he scored a goal like 25 seconds into the game and then ended up scoring the hat trick, uh, I want to say in the first period. If not, you know, by midway through the second, he had already had the hat trick. And then the third game didn't score a goal. So he's got seven goals in two games. Uh, first player in 100 years to, to do that in the opening um, in the opening two games. Um, star number two, Marc-Andre Fleury. We talked a little bit about him. Uh, .98 goals against, a 9.73 save percentage. Uh, just leading his new team, man. He is out there. He's leading this team. He's doing all that he can to, to, to keep the puck out of the net, and, and he's rocking it, man. Um, so kudos to Marc-Andre Fleury, man. Go go on. Uh, all right, number three, uh, star this week, Wayne Simmons. He had the hat trick, so he's got four goals in three games uh, so far. Uh, but he's really taken over a role there 
uh, in Philadelphia as the guy. Um, where in years past, you know, it should be Claude Giroux. It should be, um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Anyways, it should be him. Um, but it's, it's Wayne Simmons. He's got the grit. He's got the toughness. He's got a heck of a shot, as we've seen. Um, and I look for him to be leading this team uh, more than uh, than someone like Claude Giroux does. So, um, you know, Wayne Simmons, I, I like him. I think he's, uh, he's doing a lot of good things. I hate playing against him because I know what he can do. He gets under people's skins. He rubs people the wrong way. That's just him, man. That's how he rolls. All right. Let's move it on, man. We are just rocking and rolling. So much stuff to talk about. So I'm going to do my top five, bottom three. Right now, top five. I've got the Leafs, number one. The Blues, number two. The Caps, number three. The Blackhawks, number four. And the Kings, number five. My top five power rankings for the weeks. Leafs, Blues, Caps, Hawks, Kings. Bottom three for the week. All the way at the bottom, I've got the Sharks. Next, I've got the Predators and then the Stars. So bottom three, Sharks, Predators, Stars. And honestly, those three could probably be in either order. It doesn't really matter because none of them has won a game yet. So Sharks, Predators, Stars. Top five, bottom three. Uh, please hit me up on Twitter. It's at the Hockey Fix or on Facebook at the Hockey Fix as well. Uh, let me know what you think about my top five, bottom three, by who's hot and who's not. Uh, just give me some information, guys. You know, let me know what you think about it, and you know, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll go back and forth. I'd love to get some uh, some feedback so we can talk about it on the show. I'd love to get some you know everybody's kind of thoughts on different things. Put this on the show. I really want this to be interactive. Uh, I get some tweets here and there. Uh, I get some messages and some emails and things like that. Um, so I'm glad for those of you who are doing it, keep doing it. But just let me know, you know, what you want to hear, what you want to talk about, and we'll rock with it. All right, moving on along, we're going to talk about some Caps hockey. So, you know, as you guys know, I'm a Caps fan. That's my team. So typically every week I'm going to be breaking down the last couple of hockey games that the Caps have had. That's what I'm going to do right now. So first and foremost, Ovechkin, he is looking really, really good. The first time I saw him uh, in the preseason, I thought to myself, wow, he looks a little slimmer. He looks a little faster. He looks a little um, – had a little more pep in his step almost. Uh, he really looked like uh, a, a new a new guy, like he had found something that he had been lacking for a while. And I tell you, man, it has really, really done something for his shot as well. Um, some of the goals that he made in, in, in those, uh, uh, those two games were just incredible. Like two of them in particular were basically where he wasn't even looking at the net and he spun around and shot the puck and it just went in. And it wasn't like, oh, it was a fluky goal. It was positioned and put exactly where it needed to be. It, it was just, it was incredible. All right, so let's talk about um, the last uh, the last three games. So our first game, it was Caps versus Sins. Excuse me, overtime win in the shootout. Um, Caps win 5-4. Um, let's see here. Looks like Brent Conley had our first goal in the first period. Um, and then let's see. Oh, yes. All right, so he got our first goal. Uh, then uh, the Senators scored some goals. We're down 3-1 to one in the third period when Ovi started his scoring. And then ended up tying it up with his third goal. Ties it up at four each. So 4-4 four, four, ends up forcing the overtime. So I think it was 10 minutes left to go in the third period. Ovechkin scores his third goal to give him the hat trick. Tie us up at 4-4. Four, four. We're heading into to overtime. Overtime happens. The Caps are able to kill off a, a crucial penalty. Um, and as we know in, in – um, 
and overtime is three on three. So when they have a power play, it ends up they bring another guy, so it's four on three. Um, so we were able to kill off a, a three on four penalty uh, and did a really good job killing that penalty off and then forced it into into the shootout. We had Bobby Ryan shoot first for uh, for Ottawa with a goal, and then T.J. Osi shot for uh, Washington with a rare miss. He never misses. I don't know how he missed. Kyle Turris came up next for Ottawa with a miss. Alex Ovechkin with a goal. Derek Broussard with a miss. <clears throat> Evgeny Kuznetsov with a goal. Caps went in the shootout. It's a really good game, uh, opening game that we got to see a lot of different things from the Caps. We got to see penalty killing. We got to see power play. We got to see a shootout. Uh, we got to see them do a lot of different things um, and, and do a lot of good things. And one thing I said at the beginning of the year, and um, and I'll kind of uh, say it again, is I didn't like the fact that Brooks Orpik was moving up with John Carlson and being on that, that second pairing of defensemen. I'm not going to retract from that totally, but Brooks Orpik has changed my mind a little bit with how he's played so far. Now, there have been breakdowns. There have been some things that he's not done or not been quick enough to do. But all in all, I think he's done a pretty good job of fitting into that spot. And now we're just three games into the season. So if he can continue to to evolve and, and that relationship build and they you know do what they did a few years back, I'm all for it. Um, but I will say that I see a lot of things going on in that third pairing. Aaron Ness is taking way too many penalties. Taylor Chorney's out of position way too much. So it might be better to move Orpik down to that third pairing, break those two newbies up a little bit better, and see where we're at. But that's that's another thing to talk about on another day. All right, moving on, game two, um, the Caps home opener. Uh, Caps versus Habs, uh, the Canadians. Caps win 6-1. to one. Uh, Ovi opens the scoring up 20 seconds into the first period. Oshie scores his first of the year, 40 se- 46 seconds in. So like 25 seconds later, Oshie scores his first of the year. Um, Ovi with two more in the first to complete his second hat trick. Uh, and then Ovi scored his fourth goal in the second period. So he had three goals in the first period, got his hat trick again, scored his fourth goal in the second period. And then Nathan Walker gets his first goal in the NHL, and it comes right off of his back pocket. The puck hit him in the back pocket and went in the net. It was it was a sight to be seen. Again, Nathan Walker, the first uh, Australian national national to ever play in the NHL. Uh, so he's representing basically a whole country, a whole continent all by himself. It was great to see him out there. Great to see his family. Uh, I think it was his fiance there waving the Australian flag. Uh, good to see him uh, get a goal on his first game as in the NHL. It was really good. Uh, I think this kid is is something special. He's quick. He's tenacious. He's got a fiery attitude. I really like what he brings to the table, and we'll we'll see what he can do. He's going to be rele- relegated to that third and fourth line. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, but uh, definitely good to see this kid rolling. Um, and then for the rest of the game, no scoring at all in the third period. Um, all in all, the the Habs looked defeated, and the Caps. They just, you know, kind of dialed it back a little bit, weren't really pushing for anything. Uh, game in, 6-1, Caps win. On to game three, looked like it was going to be much of the same. Uh, the Caps came out, they looked like they were given a dominant performance, but the Bolts weren't having any of it, man. Um, so Backstrom led the scoring off uh, with his first at, uh, I think it was 16 minutes in, and then TJ TJ Oshie made it 2-0 uh, at 18-25. Um, on the power play there in the first period. So 18, yeah, 18-25 in the first on the power play, made it 2 nothing, And then started the second period. You could see the uh, the Bolts kind of turn it on just a little bit. Uh, Alex Killorn scored five minutes into the second. 
Uh, and then Oshi answers right back with his third of the year and made it 3-1 caps. And then the tide is, is now turning, man. I, after that goal from Oshi, you could see the caps got comfortable. They got complacent. They said, it's 3-1, to one, we're going to win this game. And played with that attitude. You could see it on the ice. The ice tilted completely towards Tampa Bay. And they were doing everything that they could. They were throwing pucks every single place that they could. And what happens is Kunitz with a crazy deflection at 18.09 to the second to make it 3-2. He was standing right in front of Grubauer. I don't know how he got his stick to where he did, but he pulled his stick across, hit the puck, and the puck went right by Grubauer. Nothing Gruby could do about that. I mean, that was just a, a pretty goal. Uh, but Kunitz has been doing that his entire career. He stands in front of the goalie, and he gets those deflections. That's his job, and we needed, we should have known that and cleared him out. And then one of the sickest goals I've ever seen came from Nikita Kucherov. And I've been talking for the last couple of years, and you know I haven't had this show or, or done this for the last few years, but to, to people and things like that, and I've always taken him in my fantasy hockey leagues, but Nikita Kucherov is going to be somebody special. And I've thought that the last few years, said it the last few years, and he is really doing some, some really, really special things. The goal that he made last night to tie up the game was seriously one of the prettiest goals I've seen. I think he only had one hand on the stick, and the backhand went all the way up and hit the bottle underneath um, the goal. I mean, it just went right over top of the shoulder of Grubauer, hit the water bottle. It was perfect. And he did it again later in the, uh, I think it was later in the third period, and just barely missed it. But it, had he had he been just a little bit closer in, it would have beat Grubauer again. There's no way to combat that shot. It is just, it's a beautiful shot. And he doesn't need to have both hands on his stick to do it. And that puck goes straight up. It's it's insane. If you haven't seen that play, make sure to, to look that up because uh, that goal was just, it was insanely beautiful. Uh, it was one of the, the prettiest goals I, I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, but uh, anyways, so then we uh, we we force it into uh, into overtime. They tied it up there. Uh, goes into overtime. We took another penalty for the, um, too many men on the ice. So we had taken one earlier in the night. The first one I thought was was crap. Um, it, there was five guys on the ice and one guy. It looked like it was Brooks Orbit, but I can't be sure. I think it was Brooks Orbit coming off of the ice. There's five guys clearly on the ice. And he was like right at the bench going on. And they called it too many men on the ice. This one, we had a sloppy line change. I will be honest and upfront. I saw a lot of stuff from Caps fans saying that was BS. And, you know, this this wasn't a penalty and this, that, and the other. This was not like the first one. The first one was a little tic-tacky. And I've seen some tic-tacky calls in my day. And there was one last night where I think uh, Kuznetsov or Orloff went to the box for a slash. That was not a slash. I mean, you touch a guy on the, you know, on the stick with your stick, or like right at the hands with your stick, even if it's just a love tap, and you go to the box for slashing. Um, so we saw one of those last night. This wasn't that. Uh, Carlson was definitely out of breath, going back to the bench, and let off the gas. He was too far away from the bench when the other guys were already on the ice for them to not call that too many men on the ice. When the guys on the ice for uh, for Tampa Bay were calling it too many men on the ice, you usually know that you've done something wrong. And I didn't see a whole lot of argument out of Barry Trotz and the Caps bench on that one. Now, the first one, yeah, we saw a lot of uproar about that, but didn't see much uh, in the way of this one. So anyways, um, on to the, I think, uh, Braden Point scores 308 into overtime on the power play, wins the game for Tampa Bay. 
Um, the Caps got to learn from this and, and move forward. That you know, when we've got a team down, uh, two goals is nothing anymore in the NHL. We've seen uh, the scores of some of these games: ten to one, eight to five. I mean, just some ridiculous scoring. Um, going on in the NHL right now two goals is not a safe lead it hadn't been a safe lead in the last five years in the NHL and right now I would dare to say it's one of the worst leads in hockey because you get that lead you start to back off just a little bit you let them get get their rhythm going like we did with Tampa Bay last night and boom 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 there you are you're out and uh, the score is tied up you're going into overtime and usually we do well in overtime. I, you know, I, I'd rather push it to overtime and, and get a point if, if that's what it comes down to because I'm confident in our ability to, uh, to play in overtime, especially when it comes to the shootout. But there's no way at 3-1 we should ever let it get to the point of going into overtime at all. All right. So the last thing I'm going to pose here for you is this. Are the Caps using their best goalie when it counts the most? And what I mean by that is, Watching Philip Grubauer play last night, and I've seen him play, uh, you know, a ton of times before. I've watched every game the Caps have had in the last ten years, so I've seen him play every game he's ever played. In my opinion, this kid is special. I'm not saying he's better than Holpe because I think Holpe, as a as a goalie, has a better sound goalie than Philip Grubauer is. But when push comes to shove and the game is on the line, who would you rather have in goal? Now, when you say Holby, I know that we look at last year's playoffs, and a lot of people say, oh, well, Holby didn't play well in the playoffs. That This was not Holby's fault in the playoffs last year. He had, I believe it was the year before, he had some, some things happen in the playoffs where he didn't play as well. But I tell you this, this kid Grubauer excites me, and I think he could be really, really good in the NHL. And I think we should think about, if we're struggling in the playoffs this year, Maybe putting in Grubauer and seeing what we can get out of him because we've seen it happen in the past. We've seen it happen with Pittsburgh. Marc-Andre Fleury struggling a little bit in the playoffs. What do they do? They bring in Matt Murray, and what happens? Matt Murray wins them a cup. So we know it can work. Can it work for the Caps? With that said, I think they're probably going to get rid of Grubauer well before the Stanley Cup playoffs this year. They're going to try and pick up a defenseman on one of these desperate teams, like maybe the Jets, who's trying to, to get out from under Steve Mason and Connor Hellebuck and get a starting goaltender. And I tell you, it would be a mistake to, to let Grubauer go without seeing what he can actually do when it counts. And maybe we'll see that this year. Maybe, you know, and I hate to say it, knock on wood, I, I hope, hope he does not get hurt. I hope nobody gets hurt. I don't ever want to see any player get hurt. But if, you know, something happens, hope he pulls something a little bit, is uncomfortable for a couple games, we can see Grubauer come in, see what he can actually do, and maybe go from there. But I'd like to see what this kid can do before he leaves um, a Washington Capitals uniform. All right, that's it. All done for today. That's the Hockey Fix Podcast. My name is Connor David. Hit us up on Twitter, at the Hockey Fix. Uh, check us out on Facebook. Uh, we're actually linked now to the Rock the Red Facebook page. Uh, special shout-out to all my friends over there. Uh, Chris, um, appreciate you uh, you getting that taken care of and linked up together. Uh, hopefully it'll help out uh, getting people to listen in. Uh, thanks for all, uh, all you guys do. Appreciate it.